There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! Thanks for tuning in. Five on a Monday. Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney and the breaking news in the last hour. Frank Lampard has gone from Everton sacked after that game and the loss at the weekend. Barry, almost inevitable. What a brilliant player it's just not quite cut it at Chelsea and now at Everton. Yeah, that looked that way, obviously. With the, we spoke about it on Friday night, Paul, that um, whoever lost that was going to be under severe pressure. West Ham thoroughly deserved their win. Um, and listen, you, you never like seeing a manager lose his job, but listen, they're in uh, the bottom three and it looked as if it was going to happen. And as you said, in the last hour, he's, um, he's left Everton. So it'll be interesting to see who takes that job now. Biggest game of the weekend is arguably coming tonight and the manager of the weekend, if his team win, is going to be Mick Kennedy. Yep, Mark Darvel against Aberdeen. A massive game. Top of the West of Scotland League up against the Dons. Yeah, I think it's a tie of the round. Yeah. Um, Paul, absolutely. So I think the one that we've all been waiting for. It's live on the telly uh, tonight. There's a certain element of the, the romance of the cup about this. Um, you know, Darvel. Uh, against Aberdeen Aberdeen um, needing to win the, the game Jim Goodwin knows that it'll be played to a finish tonight and um, on paper it looks as though Aberdeen should win comfort- comfortably in reality I don't think that's going to be the case Let's go live then to the ground Barry we've got the manager on the line Mick Kennedy Mick good evening Good evening guys how are you? Yeah good thanks thanks for joining us just a couple of hours ahead of kickoff. how are you feeling? Well I've just arrived at the ground so obviously that that the Buzz is now starting to build up ever so slightly. I've been really busy today, to be fair, with my businesses, so I've not really concentrated too much on it. But now I've arrived at the ground, obviously, it's bustling. There's a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement in the ground. So, yeah, looking forward to the game now. I heard Crofty and Grado at breakfast here on the Go Radio show saying your players would be working today, many of them, because of the part-time. Or are they all off today ahead of this mate match? I think there's been a bit of a balance, to be fair. Some of the lads have managed to put on a holiday and get some time off, and some of them have had to work half days and such. Is that? But I suppose that's just part-time footballs for you. It's the same up and down the country. Barry, you know Mick well. What about this story of fairy tale up against Aberdeen? Yeah, it's a brilliant story. Listen, a lot gets said about Darvel spending X amounts, but listen, what what Mick's done there in the last few years has been brilliant. Players that have come down from the league football, and do you know what, um, he's doing a great job, and the players are doing a a great job. And listen, it's a tough one tonight against Aberdeen, but Darvel at home. I know some of the players that Mick's got in his, his squad um, are certainly more than capable of playing um, League One and even Championship in my eyes. So don't be surprised if Darville cause an upset tonight. And what would you say to Mick? Not that he needs advice, but this time last year, your Aloha side were up against Celtic. Yeah, kick him, that's what I said to my <laughs> <laughs> No, but he's got good. Listen, it's one of the ones. Listen, the players will, will be clearly up for it. Aberdeen, a Premier League team, massive club. Um, Jim's under severe pressure obviously with the result midweek against against Hart so they, they'll not enjoy coming down to, to Darvel but one thing I will say 
Mick will say the same thing. Darvo have got a, a decent playing surface down there. Um, so there'll be no excuses for the Aberdeen players. Mick, the playing surface good and you've done so much work around the ground to get as many as possible tonight. I listen, the playing surface will be up there with some of the Premier League clubs, to be honest with you. It's certainly in better condition than Hamden was last weekend. Uh, so I, I don't think uh, Aberdeen players will have any issue with the surface. The dynamics of the pitch are slightly smaller, not as wide as probably what Pataudry is or what they're used to in the SPL, but certainly in terms of the surface, the surface is a very high standard. Mark, what's the headline going to be tomorrow? Well, I know what Mick <laughs> yeah. would like it to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think Davos got a, got a chance. Mm. Absolutely, you know, a Monday night under the floodlights. It's the Scottish Cup. Um, and I think Davos would need to score first. Paul, if Aberdeen get that first goal, and Jim Goodwin will want Aberdeen to go on the front foot. You know, they just want to get there, silence the home support, kill off any enthusiasm and hope that that Davos have got. But I think it's going to be a tricky tie. Mick, I do think Aberdeen's going to win it. I think it might go to extra time. Um, but I think you guys are, are going to make a right good fist of it and uh, really showcase yourselves and all the good work that's, that's going on at Davo. I, I, I think that's one of the biggest aspects of the game, Mark, to be fair. It's obviously showing the progress the club has made in the last few years, which is, you probably know yourself, it's been, it's been a remarkable journey for the yep. club and the town. And Tonight's a, an opportunity to showcase the country, actually, what we've done in terms of infrastructure. Obviously, we've invested significantly as well in the playing squad and Obviously, a very competitive group of players, as Barry said as well, played at top level already in this country, and I'm sure could play at a higher level with that at the moment. So, we're going into the game with a lot of confidence, but the reality is, I think we need to start the game very high intensity. I mean, we need to try and impose ourselves in the game very early on. I think if we let Aberdeen get comfortable and set into the game, I think it'll be a difficult night. But as long as we try and use the environment to advantage the dynamics of the pitch and that home support right on top of the game then I think we'll have an opportunity, but it's critical we start well, I think. Do you think Aberdeen will be a wee bit fragile, Mick, just given the, the, the circumstances of, of them in the past few weeks? I, I, I think so. I think probably under normal circumstances, I, I'm sure Jim would like to probably made some changes, probably, to be fair. I'm not sure whether he'll do that tonight because they're obviously under intense pressure. But I, I wouldn't believe there's a lot of confidence within the group at the minute, just the recent run of form. Uh, even though I thought they played really well against Rangers last Sunday, but I, I would imagine we'll come and do my great deal of confidence. I think that's how it's important. We start the game properly and really impose ourselves on the game and, and make sure that it's a proper cup tie. Uh, I think that'll be critical to if we've got any chance of being successful. But I, I suppose that, that obviously top players, professionals at top top league in this country, and I'm sure we'll come down here fully prepared for the challenge that lies ahead. Mike, have you got a full squad to pick from? Any injuries? Funny enough, Barry, the first time since I've been here, everybody's fully fit, mate. It's the first time that's happened in <laughs> two and a half years. <laughs> Live TV. Yeah. And, and Mick, what's the attention been like? Barry's used to it for years. Um, everyone's interested in this game this evening. It's, it's been pretty intense, to be fair. It's probably, listen, at our own level, we get a fair, a fair amount of exposure just because yeah. obviously what we've done in the last few years, but obviously that exposure the last seven days has been more of a na- on a national basis. Uh, Listen, it's been fantastic. I think it's been fantastic for the club and for the town. I think if you'll get any chance of pushing the club through the leagues, through the pyramid, that's part of the aspirations, obviously, within the management team and the board and the players. The reality is this exposure, listen, it's invaluable uh, from an opportunity to grow a fan base, engage the town and the romance of the cup, the romance of the club, and also from a commercial perspective as well. So there's many advantages to it. But ultimately, the reality is we need to win a game of football at the end of the day, and that must be our main priority. And listen, if we can achieve the unthinkable, then I'm sure it'll be one of the biggest cup upsets in Scottish Cup history.
and then it would be Falkirk. How did you feel when you heard the draw? Darvel or Aberdeen against Falkirk? I was pretty happy, to be fair. I think the priority is you want to be home. Uh, so, 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 listen, we went up to Montrose and, and again, at the time Montrose were sitting third in League One, uh, probably a, a, a well-established League One side, Montrose went up there one five two, comfortably dominated the game in terms of possession and stuff like that. So, really, really fantastic performance that day. And I'm sure that there'll be a similar standard to what Falkirk would be. So, no, I think there'll be a lot of belief within the group, but ultimately we need to try and focus on the massive challenge that lies ahead tonight. Right, I know if, if you are going to emerge successful tonight, it will take a team effort, you know, all 11 players and possibly even your, your substitutes. But in terms of the, the viewers that are going to be watching the, the game tonight, if you could pick out who's a who's an emerging star, who you think that might just become, you know, the, a, a national hero um, tonight? I think you would naturally probably look to the boys who have got the real experience at, at this level playing the SPL boys like Ian McShane and that who are obviously still top, top players, top athletes. Uh, there's a couple of gems in there as well. Market boy Craig Truesdale played lower league young lad. We signed him in the summer. Scored about eight goals in the last three games. Fantastic talent. He, 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 there's, so there's a couple of diamonds in there as well. Maybe, maybe known, known at a national level or even at a League 1, League 2 level. But there's obviously the boys in there real experience. Probably McShane, probably the standout, who's obviously a fantastic like, gifted football player. Won the League Cup with Ross County. Uh, played in the SPL for a number of years so he, he would be the one that I think everybody would naturally look to in terms of cause he's, because of the experience he's had uh, professional football in this country Barry you want to say a final word to Mick? Yeah I wish him yeah. all the best listen I'm sure um, everybody will be desperate to see a um, a cup upset and listen it might just happen tonight so all the best Mick yeah best of luck Mick Cheers, Barry. If you, you'll hear me the night to be home, mate. If I win, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. Give me you... a shout if there's a party. I'll still be up. <laughs> if there's a party, mate, I'll give you a phone, mate. Barry, if he wins, could he be linked with a job at Everton? <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, just a quick question. I know your short-term focus, Mick, is obviously the game tonight. See, long-term is that to get in um, the Lowland League through the pyramid and into the the league setup as quickly as possible. And I know. What you think about it? They make it so hard for for teams um, down in the, the pyramid to get into the league. So, is that your main focus? I, I, I think so, Barry. I think for any club at your level and probably the league above, I think that needs to be your aspiration. Obviously, mm-hmm. listen, it's it's a real challenge. You know yourself. Obviously, you took Celtic Hearts through that journey. It's a, it's a massive challenge because the hurdles are put in front of you. Because obviously, League Two clubs primarily want to try and protect themselves because yep. when they fall out of that league, they really struggle to get back into it. So. But emerging clubs like yourself in the league, maybe often like Talbots and Pollocks, clubs of real history and stature, I think that needs to be your aspiration. But the, the challenge sometimes is that the ability to be successful. It's, it's the other hurdles are all unfortunately put in front of us. But listen, if you can't dream, you have nothing to aspire to, mate, what drives you every day. So we just need to try every year, try and progress and try and push through the barriers that lie in front of us. Good stuff. I like that line, mate. Yeah. If you can't dream, you've got nothing to aspire to. It's a great line. Fantastic. Cheers, Mark. Mick Kennedy, thanks so much for joining us yeah, live. Good luck tonight. Good luck. Cheers, Cheers. Cheers. Thanks All very right. much. Bye. Cheers. Isn't that brilliant? Mick Kennedy yeah. coming on. Just arrived at the ground. Uh, and Mick, as you're going, there's breaking news. Rangers have made a signing. Todd Campbell has joined Rangers. It's just been announced. He said he's delighted and feel very proud. Obviously, a massive football club. I'm delighted to get going and to get started. It's a massive club, he said again. There's a huge responsibility when you sign for Rangers to be the player that the fans want to see. So Todd Cantwell, the first signing, Barry, isn't he, of the Michael Beale era? 
Yeah, um, obviously this has been ongoing for now a, a couple of weeks and I'm sure the Rangers fans will be delighted to, to see it uh, cross the line. And hopefully one or two more, Paul, before the, the window shuts. Um, but as we said, listen, he's, he's kind of career stalled the, the past yeah. 12 or so month. But there's there's no doubt he's got ability. And sometimes as a player, Paul, you need to move club and hopefully Rangers is going to be the right fit for him. And um, I, I'm excited about it because I watched him a few times. We spoke about it last week. Mm-hmm. Only 12 or 18 months um, ago he was... Uh, he was getting chased by some Premier League clubs um, so it'll be interesting to see how he, he does but I, I think Rangers potentially have got a, a top sign in there and it's a long term contract Mark so this could yeah. go well it's a good age yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's got all the tools there Paul to go and be a real um, star um, in the SPFL Premiership for Rangers and this is where Michael Beale really comes or should be coming into his own having his staff is to get a hold of somebody like Cantwell because they wouldn't be getting Todd Cantwell if he fulfilled that promise mm-hmm. 18 months ago so they're, they're getting somebody with a point to prove and they've got to go and coach him and, and get him in. and that's why Michael Beale part of the reason why he is a manager of Rangers is to get players uh, and improve them and turn Rangers into a team that that, that lost the title into title winners um, in May of next year so um, Cantwell if that's going to be the case he's going to have to play uh, a major part in that he's definitely got ability Paul it's just getting him back on track getting him up to speed and um, you know in that in that area from middle to front then um, he may well cause a lot of problems Yep and, and it's a tough place to play your football up here in Scotland mm. I mean a lot of people think oh I'm going up here and it's going to be a, a, an easy an easy time for me listen I know myself certainly when you go away from home you need to roll the sleeves up at, at times and, and listen he, he wouldn't have experienced the pressures and the demands that are going to come with, with playing at Rangers but listen he certainly as Mark says he's got the potential he's been chasing them now for a a while now and I'm just excited to see him um, put a Rangers strip on and see how he, he, he does 10-15 minutes into the show the Go Radio Football Show and we've spoken with Mick Kennedy the manager of Darvel they face Aberdeen tonight the fairy tale it's not a fairy tale if you're a Don's fan or Jim Goodwin's a brilliant guy as well a friend of the show he's been on a few times but that was brilliant getting the manager on immediately not such good news for Frank Lampard we know he's gone in the last hour it's been confirmed from Everton and we're getting a lot of people coming in the socials saying here who's going to be the Everton manager and most of them are hoping it's not Ange Postacoglu. Mark, what do you think the early Sean Dyche has been mentioned? Uh, a yeah, few other names as well. And there's, there's four or five names, Paul. There's Sean Dyche, there's Marcello Bielsa, mm-hmm. there's, there's Wayne Rooney, there's Davy Moyes, mm-hmm. perhaps even Duncan Ferguson going back, you know, who's who's out of uh, out of work and looking for him. I don't know. Um, uh, Put a direct question: Will it be Ange Postecoglou? No, I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think that he's in the top three targets uh, for Everton. And even if he was in the top three targets, Paul, um, I'm not sure you would leave a job like Celtic right now to go to Everton right now, considering where they are. That said, I think they've got 18 games, so you get 54 points to turn it around. They're on 15 points at the moment, so they're they're well below the sort of the average that you need the halfway points. So they're going to have to find out of those 18 games five or six wins and five or six draws and only five or six defeats. Can they go and do that? It's a hell of an ask. But the good thing is they can get something in the next two days like a, a Sean Dyche or a big dunk, you know, somebody that's out of work that could come in very quickly. You've got a full week to go and try and do something in the transfer window. That would be a, a decent double act. Just the two names you, mm-hmm. you said there. Obviously, Dunk's got the, the experience of being there um, a long time. Um, and Sean Dyche, listen, we 
know the job he done at Burnley. Um, I, I like Sean Dice. I've watched a few inters, interviews with him. Listen, it's clear he, he knows the game. Is everybody's cup of tea in terms of the way his teams play? But do you know what? He knows how to get results, and that's what Everton need. They need to get results, and I think it's going to be a, a tough next four months for Everton because, as Mark says, um, the points they've got on the board now and the points they need to get to be safe, they need to make sure the next appointment is spot on. And I think you get a guy or two guys like the, the names you mentioned. I thought of them teaming up, mm-hmm. but I think yep. Dice stands out for me because mm-hmm. he can start now. Yep. He's kept Burnley up against the odds for, for four or five years. And if, I don't know if there's a relationship there with Big Dunk or not, but certainly you get the fans, you get a togetherness back at the club if you bring Big Dunk in with you. Yeah, for seven or eight million a year, there could well be. <laughs> no messing about yep. with the players anyway, with they no, two in charge. <laughs> you know so well. Barry Joseph's been on from Hillhead on the socials at Go Football Show. He wants to know if you reckon Everton might approach Ange Postacoglu. What do you think? Well, I'm sure teams will be looking at the job he's done. Um, in the last 18 months at Celtic um, not just the way that he's, his teams play the game it's his recruitment that's the biggest thing that jumps out at me um, the amount of players that he's brought in and the amount of successes he's had for that that um, amount so yeah don't be surprised um, if clubs come chat him on the door for, for Postacoglu but I'm with Mark I, I don't think he's a t- he doesn't strike me as a type of manager that would leave midway through a season I think if he, if he is going to leave it would be at the end of a season we're going to hear after the break from Ange Postacoglu speaking about Juranovic who's gone as we all know to the Bundesliga to Union Berlin he speaks about Gikamakis who obviously is in the departure lounge as we've only got eight days left in the uh, I went on my tiptoes there to see the, <laughs> at the bottom of the screen uh, eight days to go in the transfer window so it's quite interesting uh, Celtic through at the weekend in the cup uh, Rangers oh. through as well uh, and was that the worst ever oh. decision by VAR uh, ridiculous you know, Celtic, nobody, there wasn't one Celtic fan who was calling for it or player or whatever VAR is bonkers I saw a great line today saying that what? the people in the VAR officials they're not looking at uh, events they're looking for them they're looking for things yeah. we're going to talk about that after the break Barry's not happy either we hear from Michael Beale um, and it's interesting comments from him about you know nine games eight wins one draw with Celtic he's kind of done everything he can so far and it's over to the recruitment department to ensure and they're They've reacted with Todd Cantwell and more to come. 0808 17 17 700. Barry Ferguson, Mark Weedy standing by. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! Thanks, Chris, for the traffic and travel. We are motoring here in the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Mark Guidi uh, like that one. He needs to get out more. He's had a good weekend. And Barry Ferguson as well, the... The legend that is Barry Ferguson. So 0808 17 17 700. Give us a call. Loads of comments coming in uh, uh, about the weekend. The cup draw was maybe unspectacular. Um, Linlithgow Rovers or Wraith Rovers against Motherwell. Motherwell's first win in what, was that nine games? So they yeah, needed it. Was, it was yep. needed, Paul. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, tricky tie that was for, for Motherwell. But listen, they, they survived it 2-0. Um, and I'm sure... Stevie Hamill will be hoping that the Muddle players will gain a bit of confidence from that and take it into their, their league form because they badly need uh, results in the in the Premier League. Livy against Inverness, Cali, Thistle or Queen's Park who will play next week. That was postponed at the weekend. Dundee United against Kilmarnock. That's a good tie at Tannadice. Hamilton against Hearts. That's a belter, yeah. isn't it, Mark? Yeah, some result for Hamilton yeah. uh, on, on penalty kicks and 
credit to uh, Ryan Fulton, uh, the mm. goalkeeper. Yep. Um, uh, so no, it was a uh, really good going for for John Rankin and, and gives him another home tie in the cup. Celtic up against St Mirren, Cove Rangers or Air against Elgin or Drumchapel. As we started the show, Darvel or Aberdeen against Falkirk and Rangers against Partick Thistle. For the sponsors, they'll be happy that the big tour kept apart. Mark, would you think? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, ideally, you know, I think everybody. Um, if you're a sponsor, you're wanting a Celtic Rangers final, just like the the via play League Cup has got. Um, Next one, so yeah, it keeps them apart. The draw is decent, Paul. I have to be honest, there's nothing jumps out at me. Um, you know, there's a couple of okay ties um, in there, but we'll, we'll wait and see how it um, how it takes uh, shape. And, and a great one for Hearts um, yep. yesterday as well. Yep. And what a finish from from Lord Shankland with his goal, absolutely outstanding. Yep. What, what about Sibic? What That's a goal! Phenomenal, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, since he's come into the team. He's he's went up a level or two. So, but he struggled. I thought he struggled at the start um, when he was playing with Hearts. But I thought he was he was the best player um, on the pitch yesterday. I think if you asked Robbie, he would have liked Hearts to have played better. But they showed a different side to him yesterday. Hearts. Uh, In what way? Good, just a bit of spirit about them. You can yeah. tell there's a real togetherness with that Hearts squad. Um, and you've seen the players that they bring on as well. It doesn't make the the starting eleven any weaker um, and as I say they, they ran out worthy winners yesterday but it just shows you even with Halkett and Boy still out and I'm sure Robbie will want to do another bit of business um, during the window Hearts have got a strong strong squad sure. and they're easily yeah. easily the third best team let's in go the on country. the lines let's go on the lines to speak to Barry and Mark and Paul Navid's on the line from Shawlands good evening uh, hi, hi folks uh, love the show Thank you very much. How are you? You're a Celtic fan. Um, I think you want to talk about yeah. the VAR decision. Yeah, I just uh, we had a chat before about, about during the World Cup about uh, Portugal, Uruguay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got worse. VAR got worse. <laughs> yeah. What did you feel then when you heard that Ambrose was being penalised and it was a penalty for Celtic? Did any part of you want the penalty? I was hoping we'd miss it, but I mean, it just looked ridiculous. I mean, has the SFA been have they been have they been told by by UEFA that they can't um, change VAR or the rules? I mean, it's getting ridiculous. If that was in a if that was in a cup final or if that was a relegation fight, I mean, it's got serious consequences. VAR. Barry, what did you feel? Yeah, it worries me that VAR asked Kevin Clancy to go over and um, look at the monitor. But it worried me even more when Kevin Clancy came away from the monitor and awarded a, a penalty. Look, I don't think the penalty would have made any any difference if Celtic didn't get the penalty. I still thought uh, I thought they would have easily uh, beat Morton. But honestly, I'm watching it and I just could not believe that it was a penalty. Um, a ridiculous decision. And it actually hits off the Morton player onto F.A. Ambrose's hand. I don't see how Ambrose can get out the way um, of yeah. the deflection, but I mean, it's up there with the worst decision I've seen. And how long do we give these characters on VAR, Mark? The fans are waiting. No Celtic fan wanted it. And they can take as long as they want. Yeah. And then they call... And when are the referees going to grow a pair and make their own decision? Yeah. Uh, well, I was watching the game on the tele. I was travelling up to to Perth later on the Saturday for St Johnson Rangers and um, when VAR was when Craig Napier who was a VAR 
Um, official two minutes, 15 seconds to make up his mind. It was an appalling decision. Absolutely appalling. I don't care what the rules say. You can't justify That's not a penalty kick. Totally unfair. But when Kevin Clancy went to the screen, I was hoping that for the first time, Kevin Clancy was going to overrule VAR and stick to his guns. And he never. And for me, this is where the problem now lies is that we came on here on a Monday night five nights a week and we have different opinions about what might be a penalty and what not mm. every time it's gone to VAR with a subjective opinion because most of these things are not a matter of fact they're opinion the referee always agrees with VAR that can't be right so I hope there's not an old pals act forming here where they're just protecting each other because we need a referee and Kevin Clancy would have been the classic time to do it to overrule that. I think it's happened a couple of times down south and it's happened for the for the right reasons. So for me, the biggest concern now is that as soon as VAR tells the ref to go to a screen, not one of our referees yet has overruled VAR and, and stuck to his guns. And you're not telling me that every time a referee's been called that it's been 100% a matter of fact. So there must have been times when there could have been a difference of opinion. It's looking to me to be a wee bit cosy, Paul, and that's the biggest problem. And maybe the referees, to be fair to Kevin Clancy, who's a FIFA referee, mm -hmm. are they being pressured into going with the VAR officials? But they shouldn't be. No, they, they shouldn't exactly. Be. I mean, see when he was going over to the monitor, I, I was confident yeah. after watching yeah. two or three or four replays, I'm like, ah, Kevin Clancy will go over here and say, right, boof, no way. Let's go on with, it, on with the game. I just could not believe that he came away and says it was a... Um, a penalty and everybody I've spoke to and that's including diehard Celtic fans have said the same as Navid there it says it was never a penalty and I, I just don't understand the decisions that are happening away from the VAR what do you feel about uh, what would you say about Juranovic he's gone seven and a half to ten million with uh, some add-ons he's been good value for Celtic yeah I think uh, he's a great player but He's got a good club. Germany's a good place to play football. And uh, we've got a good replacement in Johnston. He looks a really good player. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Johnson and Ralston. Here's the manager speaking about those two. If Alistair yeah, outperforms, um, you know, um, what Josip did, he set a high bar, but it's not just Alistair. It's you know, I, I'm, I, you know, I think I think the world of Anthony Ralston. He's still a young man, you know. He's unfortunately he's been injured lately, but you know, he's he's another one. You know, we, we're look, when, when I put the team together 18 months ago, I, I kind of knew that there had to be a smattering of different age groups within their different experience, and the guys like Josip and, and Jacko to a certain extent. You know, we needed some some men in the building, you know, apart from the obvious, like, you know, Joe Hart and, and a couple of others. But, you know, so guys like that, you know, really fulfilled what we needed to do to get back to where we wanted to be in a short space of time. But, you know, underpinning that is, like I said, there's guys like Tony who, you know, who's, you know, 22, 23, and I think has got a fantastic career ahead of him as a fullback for us. So, and, and Alistair's, you know, 24. So, you know, with both of them there, um, it gives us an opportunity, like I said, for growth and improvement. Um, but like I said, you know, you also set the bar high, so there's the challenge for these guys now. Barry, they are well covered for Juranovic. Yeah, listen, there's no doubt he, Juranovic was a quality signing. Um, I, I thought he was a top um, fullback. But in a short period of time, I've seen Alistair Johnson. 
I think given a bit of time to settle himself in, I know he got through in against Rangers at, at Ibrox, but I, I think he looks a good one as well. And, and Ralston, he's never let Celtic down yep. since Postacoglu's come into the club. So I, I think they're well covered. They bought them for £2 million, Juranovic, round about that. And they've sold them for, what, £7 million plus X amount in add-ons, but it will rise to £10 million. So I think it's a good bit of business because for me, I think they've got enough cover and enough quality at, at right back. Mark, I mean, I think when you look at it, it's good business. I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised it's an initial fee of seven, eight million pounds. I'm surprised. I think he's worth more, but for whatever, there's a variety of reasons why transfers um, happen. And um, you know, Ange Postecoglou is a kind of manager that wouldn't have let it happen unless he was comfortable um, with it. And you know. Who is anybody to question Ange Postecoglou when it comes to a transfer market? <laughs> yeah. So, look, I th I, but my original point is, I think it's low. Why it's low, I don't know. Don't know if there's something else behind it. I'm not so sure. That said, it's gone. Juranovic yeah. was good. Two and a half million profit, boom, done. And you've already got his replacement in who's been in the building for a month and looks to be a right good player as well. And as, as the manager stressed there too, you've got um, Anthony Ralston who will create a fantastic competition. Um, Talister Johnson so um, look Juranovic clearly wanted to go and try something different no doubt he'll be getting absolutely well uh, weighed in um, and you know everybody moves on from it Paul but um, listen he's been a really good signing I just think it's a wee bit low Navid what else is on your mind have you any worries or plenty of hopes I would imagine in the Cups and in the league no just uh, just let it go as it is you know uh, I think Ange is doing a brilliant job. I think uh, the money they got for Juranovic, I think it's good money because he's 27. So they got they got him at a decent price when they first got him in and he's actually done a brilliant job. But I think uh, he deserved a move. He, you can see that his heart wasn't in it. I got the impression watching him. He just want, he wanted a move. It's something you can't keep an unhappy player. And are you okay about Gikamakis? Here's a short clip from the manager today about the Greek striker. Yeah, uh, I mean, he had that little niggly train yesterday. Um, but it's fair to say there's a fair bit going on with him in the background as well. And, you know, my view is that it's not just about the physical, but it's about the mental too. And I had a good chat to him. And, you know, I just, I think, you know, until he's sort of, um, there's some clarity about sort of what's happening with him, I think, um, as well as the physical stuff, I just thought it was better off to, to leave him out today. And of course, you know, the South Korean player is very much on Celtic's uh, sights, Oh Hyun Gyu. Looks as though he'll be coming for a couple of two and a half million pound deal. It's getting close to signing. A any worries for you up front? Although with uh, Kyogo and 20 goals, I can't imagine. No, things are going well. I think it's just a case touch with the, the main players are not injured. You know, that's, that's the big thing now. It's, it's the it's amount of games and short periods of time. Uh, and just doing a great job and uh, really no complaints. And he wouldn't go to a club like Everton. I think uh, he'll want to establish himself here for a couple of seasons. And if he goes, he's go he goes. He he's got a blessing of Celtic fans because he's done a brilliant job up here. Well, here's what he was saying today. Not about himself, but speaking about Juranovic and Jukomakis and anyone who's going. And he said you can understand it, but if you listen carefully, he talks about the, the career of a footballer and I suppose managers as well. You know, I said you know, at the AGM that we, we, we've just got to be really um, you know, agile and aggressive in the transfer market if we want to make the gains we want to make. Um, 
And, and uh, you know, I get that it's unsettling and disconcerting, particularly for our supporters, because they, they love these players. And, and you know, I, I totally understand that, you know. And um, But my role is to try and make decisions that I think, you know, are best for us and our continued growth as a, as a football team and, and realising that, you know, when opportunity comes along, we, we have to be ready to take it. And, um, you know, that's what we've done, you know, with the Ossip. As you said, I, you know, I don't think there needs to be sort of winners and losers out of this, I think. I think I'm certainly, I can't question Yossop's contribution to us. He's been fantastic. I think Yossop's absolutely loved his time here. Um, we'll remember it, I don't know, fondly. And, and he gets an opportunity to, to do further things in his career and for his family. Mark? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the good thing about it, Paul, is I, I love the way that um, Ange Postacoglu has spoken about the move that's been very calm. There didn't need to be winners and losers. The players got a move that he wanted. He'll have, you know... He'll be earning wages now beyond his wildest dreams, which is great for him and his family. He's going to play in a, I'm not saying it's clearly not a bigger club, but a more competitive league. The Bundesliga is a really good league, so it's something different for him. And, and Celtic make a, you know, a six, seven million pounds um, profit and they've already got the replacement in. And the other thing as well, I just like that wee phrase that, that Ange Postecoglou used there, that we need to be agile and aggressive in the transfer market. That's a great way to sum up how every club should want to go about their, their business. Be agile, be ready for the unexpected, be ready for the expected and be aggressive. Be aggressive when you're bringing players in and be aggressive when you're letting players go. And um, it's nice to see that he's gone with the, the best wishes of everyone at the club. Navid, before you go, what's your prediction tonight? Darvel up against Aberdeen? Go on, go for Darvel. <laughs> Is that your heart, your head? When Jim Good, Jim Good was a... Nah, just like, yeah. I just, I just think the Aberdeen players have just given up the ghost. Mm. I mean, it just—I feel sorry for the manager. At the end of the day, he's—he's he's only do so much. Mm. Barry, have you seen that? Do you think the players have given up the ghost there? Well, watching the the semi final, no. I, I yeah. thought Aberdeen were good. I, I seen Jim's interview after it and he praised the players because he thought he gave them everything. I, I just think they like quality Aberdeen. That's me being brutally honest and I think Jim, if he's going to stay in the job, which I hope he does because I think he deserves a bit of time. I know Wednesday night was a sore one at Tynecastle. I think he needs to bring a bit more quality in like Graham Shinney. Yeah. Good quality, he's played down in England, good experience. He needs another two or three players like that um, in, in the Aberdeen team. Mark? The captain let them down. In yeah, the semi-final, sure. you know, yeah. uh, you know, a red card for the second time in three or four weeks. So, no, I wouldn't agree with Navid in terms of they've given up the ghost. Um, I don't agree with that, but they'll certainly, if they are not on it tonight, and, and tonight's all about attitude because their natural ability should win them the game. With the great suspected Davil, Aberdeen have got much better players than Davil, but the attitude needs to be right. The application needs to be right from the warm-up right into the first whistle, get the front foot and get the tie, you know, tidied up by by half time. What they don't want is going into the second half with Darvel still in the game. Otherwise, it could you, really turn. You know what Mick's going to be saying to the Darvel players? Get in their faces. Make it tough for them. Um, and then, listen, some players don't like that. And that's where I think maybe Aberdeen could be a bit soft. I think they need more characters like Shinny. Um, they're, they're badly missing that. But it's a, it's a tough one. The, the only good thing for Aberdeen tonight is they're going to a good surface. Yeah. They're not going to a a difficult playing surface where it's going to be cutting up and it's going to be bobbly 
Darvo spent a few quid on it So Aberdeen should enjoy that But it's not going to be easy for Aberdeen tonight Navid, thanks for calling Speak to you soon Thank you The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley Let's go! First signing of the day Rangers have signed Todd Cantwell from Norwich in a long-term deal He's the first signing under the Michael Beale era Michael Beale then, what, nine games, eight wins Barry And one draw, the game against Celtic This was his summary of the game yesterday against St Johnson Delighted with everything because it's been three games in six days All the way from Ibrox Want to say firstly about our fans Over 55,000 travelling around in January It's not easy after the cost of Christmas and the New Year so delighted to reward them to get in the next round when the draw was made. I thought everyone looked at it as being a sticky game on a, on a difficult pitch and that's exactly what it was. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but the most important thing was the clean sheet and winning and getting into the next round. And we've done that, as I say, three games in six days away from Ibrox. I'm absolutely delighted. Of course, Saturday night. Barry, what are you thinking? Yeah, he doesn't need to worry about the Rangers fans turning up. They'll always turn up, even if they've got a game in the moon, they'll still find a way to, <laughs> to get there. There's, there's never any doubt about that. Look, it wasn't a great game, I'll be honest with you. Uh, apart for the last 10 minutes, was a bit iffy in terms of, I think St. Johnson opened up a wee bit and went for it. But um, listen, you, you can't argue with his, um, the win ratio in the games, that's nine games, as you say, is eight wins, one draw. Um, they're into the next round on a difficult surface. Um, so, job done for me. Glasgow Derby coming up. Rangers against yeah. Patrick Thistle. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah just looking yeah. at a draw, I know Mark says about it, but sometimes you want yeah. to see ties where maybe the old firm are away from home and it makes it a bit more tricky for them. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not being disrespectful to sit Murnard party, I, I think... Rangers and Celtic will, will win them convincingly and, and go through. Um, so looking at the draw, yep, sometimes you like to see tough ties um, and don't really see. Maybe Hearts is the only one going to the AstroTurf at, mm-hmm. at Aki's, but the way that Hearts are playing now and the results they're getting, yeah, that looks to me if it's a, a given for Hearts to, to go through. But look, in terms of Rangers, job done. Um, it's all about making sure you get into the next round. It wasn't pretty. Um St. Johnson keeper made an unbelievable save in the second half from Connor Golson. Oh yeah. Brilliant save. Um I thought it was in as soon as it left his his head. Yep. Um but look overall, I thought over the piece Rangers deserve to get through. Here's a wee bit more from the manager about the game. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was the same in midweek. You know, in midweek we're a bit um nervy in the last five minutes, but it's our own doing because we should have scored a couple more. And that was certainly the case there. I have to say Every time we come here, Callum has them up. They're very organised. They stay in the game and they get that moment at the end and could have forced extra time. I think he does a fantastic job. I think Callum's an excellent manager in this game. Mark? Yeah, I mean, if it was, you know, I think Steel Bear has, has got a, a chance, you know, with three or four minutes to go. And uh, James Tavernier is, you know, good defensive instincts. He's got back to cover the line, to cover in behind Alan McGregor. Uh, and he's managed to clear it. I, mean, I think Rangers were worthy uh, of their victory, but um, as Barry said, Remy Matthews has had one or two outstanding saves. Uh, but St Johnson certainly made a go of it, as as, um, as Michael Beale said there, they stayed in the game, and then they, they had their one or two wee chances um, at the end. But for Michael Beale, nine games now, he hasn't lost. He's he's going the right direction. Consider where Rangers were, what he inherited. They were fragile, they were lacking in confidence, and he certainly got them going. Uh, in the right direction and he's got his first player in now of the window and Todd Cantwell 
and now he needs to go and get another uh, two or three in the next seven days. And it was, uh, he's not a veteran, but international creation player, hasn't scored from outfield for mm. some time. The manager spoke about Borna Barisic. And we'll come back to that in just a moment or two. Here is the manager speaking about Borna Barisic. Yeah, uh, I've just been told it's his first goal in open play for a couple of years. So well played to him. He got an assist in midweek. I think I stood here in one of your press conferences last week and someone was saying the fans were criticising him. Well, they won't be this evening. Took it well. It was a good, well-worked goal. Yeah, and, and when he says it on commentary, it was his first goal in a couple of years. I was, I was surprised at that. Um, yep, he, he did. Took it really well. Um it was like a kind of the way he crosses the ball, where he, he's kind of whipped it. Um, so, great finish. Um, there's no doubt. Listen, he's come in for a bit of criticism. Do I, th- do I think he's been playing at the levels where I think he can get to? No, I don't. But gradually, you can see it under Michael Beal. He's starting to play more. He's starting to get a bit more confidence. As Michael Beal says there, he, he set one up um, midweek at Rugby Park and obviously got the winner um, yesterday to put Rangers through into the next round. Any word today, he was asked about transfers. Obviously, since this happened this afternoon, they've signed Todd Cantwell. This is what he said earlier. We're definitely going to bring some players in and uh, and one or two might go the other way as well, but there's nothing on that specifically today. Anything about the players leaving? Uh, young Charlie's obviously having a chat with Forrest Green, so there'll be some update on that. Other than that, there's nothing else. Charlie McCann, £350,000 to Forrest Green. Good for him. Yeah, good. Listen, he, uh, fair play to the young kid. He, he could have probably stayed at Rangers and says he was a Rangers player, but the, the young man wants to play games of football and he'll get a, a better opportunity to do that for his green with the fee, £300,000, £350,000. So good on him. And hopefully he goes down there at League One and, and produces the, the, the goods. And I think Matt, that might not be the only guy that could go out the door. I think you might see one or two more if free up a wee bit more money. Um, but in terms of young kids, it's easy for the kids to stay about. But I like seeing that when they go and get into the big bad world and play league football. Um, it's not an easy league down in League One. But I'm sure with the qualities that he's got, because he did show signs that he, he had a bit about him, Charlie McCann. So I hope he goes down there and, and kick-starts his, his career. Do you see, looking at the team, they are maybe grinding out results in some of the games you can see that he needs some new faces in yeah he knows that yeah. he knows that Paul but listen the most important thing in an ideal world you would love to play amazing every game and and win by three or four goals um, but they're, they're doing the hardest thing and that's winning games of football there's still improvement there's still a bit of surgery to, do, uh, to be done to that squad no doubt about it but listen he's getting He's getting a fair shift out of the players because if you think before the World Cup break, this group of players were struggling mentally. Um, now he's he's got that, he's flipped that round and they're going to difficult places and getting results. That's the main thing for me. Mark, they've got a chance uh, this weekend as well because they play St. Johnson again before Celtic play at Dundee United, even just to narrow the gap, mm. maybe for 24 hours, maybe longer. Yeah, um, I wrote on Saturday afternoon, Paul, the old traditional uh, three o'clock kickoff. But yeah, you know, Barry's point there, you know, um, off the top of my head Rangers have been since Michael Beale took over Tanadice Rugby Park Dermot Park Petaudry, um and they've won you know difficult uh, very, I think they've got Tynecastle coming up in a couple of weeks which will be uh, tough them, but they've, they've just got to keep hanging on in there they, they've got to hope that the, the next time they play Celtic which is at Celtic Park um, was it middle, middle of March end mm-hmm. of March whenever it is um, that uh, that the gaps certainly no more than nine points and then they've got to go and try and win there to, to, to put a bit of pressure uh, on Celtic sort of getting into the, the last 10, um, 11 games but but that said Celtic are, 
are very very special you know they, they don't look like losing um, many games they've got a strong strong squad um, but you've still got to go out and win games of football Paul it's, it's not an easy thing to do What's happening with the Rangers players over the next few days? Yeah, I'm going to give them a couple of days first just to, just to relax they've seen a lot of each other and been in a lot of hotels this week and they probably hating listening to my voice because obviously I'm uh, getting into them a little bit so going to give them a bit of a breather and then we'll um, we'll get ready to play St Johnson again at home and hopefully there'll be uh, one or two new faces in the starting lineup, which I'm sure then you'll stop asking me the same questions <laughs> yet right, guys. It's been pretty non-stop Yeah three games in six days yeah. I think that's good management sometimes to, to get away for your workplace because you're with your, your teammates 24-7 you can get a bit sick of each other um, so you probably gave them off to, to Tuesday listen they're not going to lose any fitness Paul um, they're, they're fit guys they look after themselves so for me that's good management to give them a bit of uh, rest not just physically but mentally as well what do you think was the team talk of the weekend? Was it Livy at half time? I know the stuff in social media uh, purporting to be David Martindale maybe ranting at his players and you can't blame him when they were a goal down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if it's true, if it was, yeah. if it was him, listen, I, th- I still think there's a place for that. He's clearly not happy. They've went in 1-0 down against Steinhouse Muir who are, I think, in the bottom three or four in, in League Two. Um, and listen, if it's true and if, if he did have a real pop at them, well, it certainly worked. Because they won the game 3 1 and they came out in the second half. And I think the first 10 minutes that they rattled a few goals in. So yep. it clearly made a difference. Look, sometimes I like the manager going off his head and, and kicking a few backsides. Um, it didn't bother me at all. What was the biggest rant you ever had that you ever heard? Any of the managers having a rant at you? Can you yeah, think? Listen, it's probably there's so many. Walter Smith, yeah. easily. Uh-huh. Um, he didn't need to rant, he just had to look at you. Right and you knew you were in trouble. <laughs> um, but there was a few times, oh, well, generally all the managers um, flew off the handle a, a few times, which, um, as I said, I, I don't mind. Sometimes it's needed. Um, and, and football, if you're not doing, if you're not producing the goods, um, sometimes if a manager feels it right to come in and have a right pop and, and say a few home truths, uh, to be quite honest with you, uh, um, I quite liked it. Because it gave you that spark to go out and say, right, do you know what? I'm going to prove him wrong. Mark, what about you in the dressing rooms when you were at St Mirren? Were there a few oh, I, rants? I, I, oh, I get, I, I get layered a few <laughs> no, times. Not just um, you, though, the team. No, yeah. I, no I, the one I remember yeah. it was was when uh, with Albion Rovers at Clifton Hill, uh-huh. and uh, I think we, I think we were playing Aloha, and uh, I'd come out for a corner kick, and I'd either dropped or totally misjudged it, one or the other, maybe both. <laughs> uh, and uh, Aloha scored, and then we were down at half time. It was Billy McLaren, who's imagine, and Billy, in the nicest possible way, was an absolute madman. An yeah. absolute <laughs> madman. And my God, he gave me, I, can't, I can remember his exact words to me, and I can't repeat them um, yeah. on here, but. Uh, he was he was absolutely off his seat, uh, Billy McClan. But good, very successful manager at that level. And I still bump into him now. I think he still does a bit of scouting with Angels. He's still giving uh, you a bit of it. It's so calm. But uh, aye, that that was uh, that was one of my Albion Rovers probably. But it's good. Like, I, I agree as well. I know it's not the done thing now, and it's it's a lot calmer. But every now and again, mm. it's like Michael Beale there. That we think that we said there. The players are probably fed up with my voice. We need a few days away from each other. See, just that, and that's where a manager sometimes you've got to flip it. So rather than be nice or saying nothing or worrying about getting hauled up HR on Monday morning, go and put a few backsides. Go and do it because that's a wee change in the norm yep. 
in front of all of a sudden you've got oh aye right wait a minute here oh he means business and clearly that has worked for Davy Martindale and he's played and it's known your players known the ones to, to pick on because I'm sure Barry's had it yeah. I've often heard managers saying they're two or three up at half time and they'll pull one or two boys that they know and say by the way I'm going to have a right pop at you here yeah. well, just to make sure that we don't slacken off they say oh we're three up is that right but what about you boom and they'll tear into him but the guy knows it's coming and it keeps everybody on their toes yeah it's funny he says Alan McLeish done that a couple of times with me coming up we were 1-0 up at home in a few games uh, weren't they playing great yeah. but I was doing alright and he would say to me listen I'm going to get right through you just uh, marking your card and I'm thinking to myself <laughs> cheers <laughs> cheers gaffer so went in and, and absolute blasted me a few times and right oh. <laughs> so, so it was out of order I was like come on man but yeah but it's, I think there's a time and a place it's needed uh, I'm not saying every single game uh-huh. but every and now and, and then game. every now and then when you maybe take your eye off the ball a wee bit or you're not playing at the levels you should well I think the manager's got every right to, to have a go at his players okay, if you two and James want to have a go at me now during the news <laughs> I'll try and be better in the next hour there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire from one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton we're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service so come and view the stunning new Toyota range all with up to 10 years warranty including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV see our great choice of approved used Toyotas our formidable range of commercial vehicles including the Hilux get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians and specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. Paul Cooney here with Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, loads of calls coming in, 08, 08, <laughs> 17, 17, 700, and on the socials at Go Football Show. At the weekend, Kyogo celebrated his birthday with a couple of goals, Celtic beating Morton by five goals to nil. That's how the weekend started. Seems ages ago, Barry, doesn't it? Because that was 12, 15 on Saturday there's been so much football have you enjoyed it? yeah the, listen I always always enjoy the, the Scottish Cups um, the the games sometimes you get a, a few giant killings mm. never really seen that but listen one could happen later on tonight uh, with the Darvo and Aberdeen game but listen it was it was good obviously watch the Celtic game and then obviously watch the Rangers game after it um, two of them what I, what I thought on Friday two of them would get into the next round and, and that was uh, that's what happened that's what I was coming to for both of you because on Friday you certainly got that one right. Rangers as well. Borna Barisic scoring for Rangers. The assist from Sakala and Tillman. Yep, for Celtic, David Turnbull. Was a great goal. Took it really well. Lovely finish, yeah. yeah. Good finish. Yeah, it was. Yep, edge of the box. Uh, yep. And what about Aaron Moy as well? Yeah. The penalty. And, he's been yep. something, you know, free transfer, wasn't he? Oh, uh, and uh, it took me a wee while to, to get going. I think there was one or two reservations about him. But once he got up to speed and obviously... You know, it's coincided maybe with Matt O'Reilly getting off the boil and Aaron Moy just managed to, to go in there. Callum McGregor been missing for six or seven weeks with injury. So yeah, what a fantastic signing Aaron Moy's turned out to be. And again, a really good professional, Paul. He'll be setting a high standard inside the building um, day to day as well. The Celtic fans went home early from the really early start. Don't know, if, do you like the early start, Barry? 12-15? Um, ugh, listen, it, it doesn't bother me. You know, listen, there's okay. only a, a few hours um, difference. I don't think it affected the, the players. Not sure. Um, I just mean in general as a player. Is it a no, bit I, early do you know what? Not? I never, it never bothered me. I was up early anyway. The, the day I game because that's, that's what's sure. going through your mind before you go to bed. Um, how you're going to perform? How's the team going to perform? And you need to get a result. So, yeah, but it never bothered me the early kickoffs. 
At the end of the drill, it ended up in the derby. Falkirk winning 2-1 against Dallow. A good one, our own Stephen McGinn. I think he played well. In fact, they had a, a penalty claim that was uh, chalked off. Uh, 2-1 for them. Uh, he's on tomorrow night with John Hartson. Falkirk will want to get a run in the cup because they're up against Aberdeen or Darville. I loved that when we asked Mick Kennedy about an hour ago, Mark, uh, have you to look at the draw? <laughs> he says that. He's, he's dodgy on uh, Falkirk. Dreaming, just in case. Ah, quite right. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Absolutely. Good, good luck. To, I, honestly, if I... I'm not saying Davos going to win tonight, but I think it's going to be a cracking. I think it's going yeah. to be a cracking tie. It's going to be edge of the seat stuff. Really, really good game. If you're Jim Goodwin, though, it's, it must be a heck of a weekend for him, isn't I, it? It's not. It's not pleasant. But Paul, Paul, do you know what? Again, I'm just looking at Frank Lampard. Less yeah. than a year in the job, yeah. and I know it's down the road. His his record. I suppose you can understand it if you're an owner and a chairman want to pull the trigger. But you you, you look at um, you look at yeah. Jim Goodwin, and it's just I just think it's totally. Um, unfair to have that pressure week in week out it's totally uh, unfair I've said it before in this business Barry's been a manager for six or seven years at various clubs it's horrible and I know managers at full time level are, are well paid and different things but that's not the point it's a horrible horrible business it yeah. really is and somebody but, you know well David Moyes I mean I know yeah. he won at the weekend but you know, he's maybe but, if he'd lost, would he? How can he be under pressure after the last two years? Six, they finished and sixth and seventh semi-final Europa League, and he's under pressure. Um, we obviously they've had a few iffy results, but West Ham have no danger of going down. They've got too good a squad yep. um, for me, and they've got a top manager. Yeah, he's proved it for years and years, David Moyes. So. For him to be under pressure uh, and get a bit of flack off the fans, I think it's bang out of order. But in terms of Jim Goodwin, I think what, what's frustrating Jim is the consistency of his team. Home form in the league, excellent. The semi-final performance, they took Rangers into extra time. And to be fair, I thought they worked really hard. And then they go for that. And then they go into Wednesday at Tynecastle and don't lay a glove on hearts. I think that's the frustration with, with Jim. Um, and I think he deserves a bit more time um, to turn it round I know he's been given a bit of money I know he's brought in players but sometimes that takes a bit of time but unfortunately as a manager you don't you don't get time if there's mumps and groans from the fans um, but I, I hope that he does get a bit of time because he's, he's proved at Alaba he's proved it's at Murn that he's a, a really good manager Jim as Barry Ferguson talking about the game tonight if you're on the way give us a buzz 08 08 17 17 700 Dar any Darvo fans in East Ayrshire they can they tune into us there Mark as well yeah. it's not that far form. away Darvo's yeah, a good, good it's, it's a great setup. It? it's a yeah. great setup. but I don't know if you've ever seen the dressing rooms no the dressing rooms by the way oh, the yeah. dressing rooms are world proper world class world class saw a feature certainly the home the home dressing room I don't know about the away dressing room <laughs> but the home dressing <laughs> yeah. room is world class proper boom top of the tree uh, they're, they're trying to do it right yeah. and, and listen fair play to them I like that right there's been a bit of investment you get a few mumps and moans are spending a bit of money but they've got ambition they've got clear ambition to go through the pyramid and as I asked Mick earlier on at the start of the show his long term focus is trying to get Darville into league football and do you know what I think they've got every chance in the next three to five years you look at it as well what a, wee, what a great buzz for Darville yeah a town like that you know, it. And, and we all know how football can really inspire a, a town. You know, everybody's going through difficult times at the moment. And what a buzz that'll have given the town of Darville, not just for this weekend leading up to the game tonight, 
but for the past 18 months Davo have really been going at it a lot of uh, it's John Gall the, the, the Kelly Pie man has been, been putting investment into the into the club I mean, so he makes fantastic pies and he's back the back Davo yeah. to the to the hill so they've got a lot of a lot of good people around about them there trying to do their best to, to, to take them all the way you know that during the break we'll now say what's for dinner tonight now that you mentioned pies <laughs> mention Motherwell of course used to be owned by somebody pie wasn't it Chapman's pies a that's few right, years ago yeah. anyway Motherwell sure. big, big win for them that's right Mikael Mandrew scoring twice 26 minutes and 4 minutes into injury time from Gillingham how much did they need that and what could that do now for Motherwell could they kick on now in the league well, I think Stevie Hamill will, will be desperate for that to happen. Um, they found it tough over the last couple of months, some tough results, um, and that was a potential banana skin for them going up here at Broth. Um, they've come away with a 2-0 win into the next round and the new signing scoring a, a, a double. So I'm sure Stevie Hamill will be hoping that the players get a bit of confidence um, from that result and take it into their, their league form. And they've got Linlithgow, Rose or Wraith Rovers in the cup. And again, in this weird season for Motherwell, um, you know, it could be, that'd be a good tie for them uh, to keep them in the cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, you know, a, cup, a cup runs good, Paul. It keeps the spirits uh, high. Financially, it doesn't do um, any harm uh, either. So it was a big win for Stevie Hamill. Potentially, it was a, it was a banana skin. I thought they handled it well. And another good thing, you know, from, from watching the highlights and, in sports scene they took a really good travelling support Support it must have given Stevie Hamill and the players a lot of encouragement coming out the tunnel at Gayfield and, and Saturday afternoon to see the fans had made the effort to go and back them and uh, they rewarded them with a very a very good result and a, a convincing performance Dundee United winning 3-0 against Stirling University that's credible though isn't it for the uni uh, team that yeah. uh, it's no disgrace is it no. and it shows you that in the lower leagues and Barry told us this a couple of years ago things are improving they are and, yeah. and you know, you wonder. I think I think's actually been uh, been Mick Kennedy that, that that highlighted it a week or so ago in an interview, basically saying that SPFL three is coming. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. he thinks that we're obviously going to have a Premiership, a Championship, and then another league is going to be added. So it'll be League One, League Two, and League Three. So they will they will mer- potentially merge some Highland teams, some Lowland teams, and then possibly a Celtic Rangers and Hearts uh, B team into the official professional setup. See, see in the yeah. pyramid there's, there's some clubs that are ready to go and there's a lot of fear fellow uh, League 2 clubs they, they, I'm not saying they, they maybe don't want it but they, they're fearful because they've got ambition they've got a bit of backing and do we know what to see that? Clubs like like, Star, like Darvo like Kelty where I was Kelty, at yeah, exactly. I mean yeah. coming for the juniors into the Lowland League and, and getting into the into the league system and now they're, they'll be comfy in League One this year and they'll look to maybe kick on and try and get promoted I love to see it and there's a lot of good clubs down in the Lone League in the west of Scotland east of Scotland there's a lot of clubs where I've got potential to, to move up through the system I see, I see the East Kilbride Paul where, yeah. I, where I live I've lived for, yeah. for more than 20 years and I see it there you know the good settle they've got there yeah. at Cape Park you know the, the investment that goes into that Barry will know, you know they've really tried with some really up and coming top managers I've had some really good uh, uh, players like Chris Erskine and different guys over the, the years so I, East Kilbride would be one that uh, I'd love to see come up and uh, get into the, the uh, League 3 or League 2 whatever it's going to be and go and have a have a charge at it and at the weekend Kilmarnock won Dumbarton nil. so it's tight again it shows you that, that the it's like a cup final for Dumbarton isn't it and they raised their game but uh, I see it was Jordan Jones uh, yeah, the last couple of minutes yeah. um, um, got the goal yep it looked if that was going to get into extra time 
Um, and fair play to Dumbarton. Again, a lot of people seen Kilmarnock winning that pretty easily. Um, but teams like Dumbarton will set up in the, a manner that they're going to be tough to, to break down and, and Kilmarnock obviously found that. But the main thing for Derek is after the game on Wednesday where he, he's not got the biggest of squads. Mm. They'll probably had to use the probably the same um, players uh, for for that game but the most important thing for Kilmarnock was getting into the next round sure was and they've got a great game with Dundee United maybe the pick of the ties yeah yeah it, it probably is Paul um, Tanadise I think Tanadise will be buzzing um, that day Dundee right against Kilmarnock um, two teams at the wrong end of the table at the moment but look as if they're starting to progress just at the at the right time and I'll be interested to see how both of them shape up um, in nine days time when the when the window closes on, on February the 1st Partick Thistle and Dunfermline drew it went to extra time and it's the Jags that are through good for Glasgow good for the Jags yeah and it'll be a, a, a decent payday for them as well yeah. going to going to Ibrox um, yeah I fancied Partick to to get through um, it was a lot closer than I thought it would have been um, but listen it's a brilliant tie for, for Partick Thistle going to Ibrox and it leads us on to your old club, Mark St Mirren, winning again in penalties. With some, yeah. we, did, we have three penalties. Shootouts going, out, going on at the same time, yeah. right about five-ish on uh, Saturday. And of course, St Mirren rewarded with a draw. <laughs> Is it rewarded? They're playing Celtic. Yeah, but I mean, financially, uh, it'll be a good one. You know, give them a lift. You know, St Mirren, you know, the, the recent financial results, that'll be a welcome one. So it was, yeah. It's not as lucrative as it used to be, mm-hmm. Paul. You know, the, the, the Scottish couple in some respects. And I think the TV money has dropped uh, significantly. Um, I think it was part of the reason why uh, St. Johnson had to put the, the, the price in um, as he did. So, you know, the, I think that's something to be to be aware of with the new TV deal. It's not as lucrative um, as it was. So if you're chosen, you know, it's not quite uh, the money um, that it was when, when Sky um, had it. But nonetheless, uh, it's still worth uh, a few quid. And for Trevor Carson, the St. Martin goalkeeper was outstanding with the Man penalty the saves. Yeah, I mean, brilliant. He's a real good signing by by Stephen uh, Robinson you know, he worked with him uh, before obviously at Motherwell and uh, he's been brilliant again as we say many times on this show just goes to show the value of having a good goalkeeper sure is and Livy come up against either Inverness or Queen's Park that'll be some game next week uh, well the game won't be next week but the Inverness game with yeah, Queen's Park we said a bit of needle yeah yeah, um, yeah a wee bit of needle there we obviously dodgy yeah Having a, a pop at own coil, um, so that'll be a, a tasty fixture. And what about then the Edinburgh Derby? We touched on it in the first hour. Who wants to kick off in that? Are you getting worried for Lee Johnson and for Hibs? Because three now. Uh, Hibs actually home. started off yeah. decent. Um, they had um, a, a few attempts on goal. Obviously, Hearts get the goal after ten or so minutes. But see, bonus people. At no time during the game did I feel that Hearts were going to lose it. Did you not? No. No. Even if they yeah. never played as well as. They have been in previous games. I just think they're a solid unit. Every player knows their roles within the team. As I said, I think there's a real togetherness with, with that group and there's good quality within that group as as well. And yep, for me, there's miles in front of Hibs at this moment in time. And for me, miles in front of the rest. And I think there's Robbie's got a a system that suits them, suits the players. Um, and they've got guys who are match winners in the team so for me Hearts are by far the, the third strongest in Scotland and and you know Robbie Nielsen's story at Hearts Paul is a cracking example of a board being strong and good leadership because he lost to Brora one of the biggest cup upsets that we've had in this country in a long long time it's probably two years ago this month 
brought a put hearts at the Scottish Cup and even though he'd hearts on course to go and win the, the title there was hearts fans demanding that Robbie be sacked um, in the back of it but the hearts board and budge and the hierarchy held on there and it's because they could see what's going on day to day and sometimes results can 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 send you in the wrong direction but if you see what's going on day to day you know what the group's happy you know that the recruitment's good you know what the plans that you've got in place for the next window etc etc then you stick with it and um, they stuck with Robbie Nielsen and as Barry says they're by far and away the best uh, third force in the country by some distance and where last season and it took me a while to get going this season because they had European football yeah. to contend with but gradually they just managed to sneak up pick up results great in the transfer market listen Robbie's been backed very very well but you've got to spend wisely you've got to recruit wisely and um, Robbie Lee McCulloch Gordon Forrest and Joe Savage who heads up the recruitment and they have all worked very very well together I mean seeing looking at that heart starting 11 they started the game against Hibs there's four players that are stick on to be in that and they're missing Craig Gordon sure Kingsley was a sub and mm-hmm. come on mm-hmm. Craig Halkett mm-hmm. who's a club captain yep. and um, Liam, Liam Boyce, Liam Boyce. Yep. Yep. that's still to get added I know Kingsley come on he's yep. still fit but there's three players that are out long term be back hopefully the start of next season and he's still going to add to it yep. as well with the squad so Hearts in a, a good place at the moment in time. And Beningame missed a fair bit of oh, the season as well. Yeah, exactly. yeah, he's, he's there's a another one. Well. But what about Hibs, Mark? I'm just looking to you just now. Um, well, Hibs Aberdeen's massive, wasn't he? Yeah. Hibs Aberdeen yeah. and I think Easter Road on mm-hmm. Saturday. Yes. But again, genuinely don't want to see anybody lose their job. I mean, I mean that wholeheartedly. But if Hibs to, were to lose to Aberdeen on Saturday at Easter Road in front of you know 13,000 Hibs fans. I think that could be curtains. That could be uh, the end for for uh, mm. for Lee Johnson. That said, part of the reason why I'm saying that is because of Ron Gordon's previous form. Yes. He's got form for it. Jack Ross, Sean Maloney, etc., etc. Now maybe maybe it'll change and stick with it again. We are not privy to everything that's going on behind the scenes, so maybe he sees good things in Lee Johnson and he'll stick with him because it's you know short term. It's not the be all and end all winning on a Saturday, but. I think Hibs need to get it. They certainly can't afford to lose. That would be my take on it on Saturday. There's only two points between them. Aberdeen on 29, Hibs on 27. And of course, Aberdeen on the road. Are, uh, that's been a terrible season for them, Barry. That's a massive game. Yeah, it's weekend. a big game and yep. it looks to, to everyone that Ryan Portis yep. is going to be away. Um, Rocky Bashiri looks to me if he's out for the season as well. Mm-hmm. He broke his, his leg, so they're, they're, they're thin as well in, in numbers and see when Kevin Nisbet's kept quiet the, the, the struggle Aidan McGeady to be fair had a a, a decent game um, but I can't remember the, the age Aidan McGeady he's just come back off a long term injury I think if they two don't play have struggle and Martin Boyle of course being out yeah he's long term yeah. yeah he's yeah. I mean I don't know if Martin Boyle will be back even for the start of next season um, so yeah but it's worrying times for uh, for the Hibs fans after the break I'm going to ask you about young players breaking through um, Boston Lowell come on for example for Celtic at the weekend but do you see enough of the young players and I'm thinking Alex Lowry at Rangers um, we're going to talk about that and also preview tonight and the rest of the week you can call Mark Guidi good time to call Barry Ferguson 0808 17 17 700 The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road Darnley Let's go Go Radio Football Show Paul Cooney with Macklin Motors Mark Guidi 
and Barry Ferguson. Yet John Hartson will be here tomorrow night along with the Falkirk captain, Stephen McGinn. That's five until seven tomorrow. And Barry will be back with us Wednesday. Mark, you'll be back on Friday yes. evening. Looking forward to it. 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. We're taking your calls. Let's, uh, some of the headlines tonight. Todd Cantwell has signed for Rangers a long-term deal. And that's the first of maybe three signings, maybe, in the next week or so, Barry. Listen, he's been clear, Paul, that he, he wants to bring uh, faces into the club. He's done his part. He spoke to the players. Um, he's convinced that they're the right players to bring to Rangers. Now it's up to the people who deal with the transfer fees and the, and the contracts to to uh, get it sorted and and over the line. Um, so yeah, I'm sure the Rangers fans are excited. Uh, Cantwell's been one that's been spoke about for a couple of weeks, and we heard them um, do his presser after the the Scottish Cup game at St Johnson that he's clearly he wants another couple of faces in and. Um, I do still believe that, listen, Rangers are certainly on the right track um, under Michael Beale, but there still is um, a bit of surgery to be done um, in the squad to improve it because you need competition for places. I've always maintained that. You need The players need to be on their toes every single training session and match. So we'll see hopefully this week another couple come through the door. At Celtic, Juranovic left over the weekend. He was at the game on Saturday, 5-0 against uh, Morton and he's off then to Berlin, a great city, mm. as we all know. Union Berlin, the choice. Not the biggest name in the Bundesliga. Here's the manager, though, speaking about what that player has done for the club. Look, I, I, I think he's been fantastic. I mean, I've, I've loved working with Josip. He's been a real popular member in the dressing room. He's, he's He was a key contributor last year to what was... a a very, very important season for us, you know, in, in the context of, you know, what had happened the year before and the fact that we had to rebuild the team um, and try and get back to where we wanted to be and in terms of champions, he was a, you know, key component of that. Um, but, you know, with all with all the lads, I mean, I'm constantly sort of in dialogue with them about themselves and their careers and, you know, people have to appreciate that Josip's, you know, you know 28, but he's he hasn't really got to the highest level till late in his career, you know, and, uh, you know, I think he just wants to maximise his opportunities. And I, to be honest, I I agree with him. I think he's he, he needs to, that's, that's what all of us have in our careers, a, a limited time and, and we want to take opportunities. And I think he leaves here as a fantastic player, um, somebody who contributed to, like I said, a really important season to us. And I, I certainly wish him well. I, you know, I hope he goes over there and kills it. He's, uh, you know, he's, like I said, he's uh, he's very well respected within our dressing room, very well liked, will be missed. But, um, you know, as I said before, that's uh, the nature of football. Mark? Yeah, it was interesting when you leave it just made me think when the manager said there, uh, you know, you've got to take opportunities. And, uh, Limited you know, time. Yeah, and you wonder what, if and when that will apply to, to Ange Postacoglu um, in terms of his own um, career. But, like he's got a job to do at Celtic. He's um, you're into the second half of the season, the business end. He's got some business done. He's got a treble um, in his sights, which would be uh, remarkable for any manager to go and win a, and a treble. And I think that would be uh, his aim. But yeah, as I said at the top, Paul, I I'm surprised at the fee. However, it's nothing to do with me. But um, it's nice to see that the, the the manager's words. He's explaining it. He's given a bit of background to it which um, gives clarity and stops speculation. 
Yeah, he's open and honest. That, that's yeah. one thing he is. He's saying that uh, Jovanovic needs to maximise his opportunities. That tells me that if he was going to stay at Celtic, he wouldn't get the same salary he would get at Union Berlin. He's mm-hmm. come into the game late. Um, so, yeah, but I like his interviews and <laughs> he says, I hope he goes over there and kills it. Yeah. Um, it's good manage- management for me and he just speaks honestly. Um, and one thing Celtic Celtic have, have won out it as well Paul they've made a, a decent profit on a, a really good full back and listen I'm sure Celtic will move on because they've got two players still at the club who um, if you look at Ralston over the piece since Postacoglu has been been at the club is uh, reborn as a player he's done really well and obviously Alistair Johnson's come in Canadian international who in the games that I've seen Looks to me if he's a he's a player as well. Jimmy's been on the socials at Go Football Show. I think he makes a good point. And asking both of you, um, he's a Celtic fan, and he said uh, LOL came on Boston Loyal late in the game on Saturday. Should there be something that three players, maybe younger players, have to be included in the cup games? They used to do it in the league, Barry, didn't they? Yeah, uh, that was uh, late nineties. Yeah, um, I think that came in. Uh, Oh. Even later than that? No, think, no, yeah. no, it was definitely no. late 90s. Yeah. It was round about that where it came in. You had to have three under-21s in the 18. Yeah. But um, I mean, it was still in in the, in the 2000s. I yeah, remember. Um, yeah. Saying that, did the under-21s that were on the bench get any game time? If I'm thinking back, no, no much. Mm. Um, look, from, from my side, I, there's nothing better seeing a young player come through the system and break into the, the team. I don't think we see enough of it, if I'm being honest with you. Um, if that's managers um, want to bring or put their trust in more experienced players but um, I think there's quality players in Scotland I'm talking from a Rangers point of view I look at Lowry I thought he'd come on um, against St Johnson at the weekend and looked to get on the ball he had a great wee ball through I think it was for Morelos um, just slipped it through he's, he's certainly got the qualities but I would love to see more more younger players yeah. um, coming through. Whether that rule will make a difference, I'm unsure because I'm just going back in my experience um, of that rule being in and I don't think many of them get much game time. What do you think? I, I think the difference now could, could be, I agree, and I, I remember there was rumbles from, from managers, particularly Celtic and Rangers at that time, were saying that in theory it was a great idea and try to encourage bringing players through the, the academy. I get all that, but then they were saying sometimes they had to put boys in the bench that quite frankly didn't merit being on it and and therefore they were that old phrase you know jersey fillers as a kid but now the difference could be Paul you can use five substitutes mm-hmm. so now it's opening it up a wee bit more uh, for, for kids but ultimately you want your kids to be coming through because they deserve to through. They deserve to promote it to chairman the first team squad and then once they find their way onto the bench and then take it there rather than being part of a squad because they have to be part of a squad because they tick a box it should all be about merit but having five substitutes gives an extra wee chance I think if Michael Beale and Postacoglu had an 18 year old that they thought were good enough to play they would play them they would play them every single week look at Ben Doak at Liverpool when he came in the the best league in the world against the top players He's not starting, but he's coming on and he's having an influence on the game. I mean, I'm seeing this young kid and um, edge of the seat stuff yeah. when, he, when he gets the ball. He's exciting. What is he, 17? 
He's turned 17. Yeah. It looks to me if he's played 50 games um, already, he's only had a handful. But I think Liverpool have got an unbelievable talent on their hands and it's brilliant for their national team as, as well. So hopefully he keeps progressing. Look, he's under, playing under an unbelievable manager mm. and some of the players that he's, he's um, in his position in one of the best, Mo Salah. So he'll be learning every single day. It's a brilliant education uh, for these these um, young players, certainly Ben Doak at, at Liverpool. But I'm all for young players coming through. I, I love to see players come through a system. Because um, I know a lot of work goes into it. The academy, coaches and and staff. Um, but I, I honestly believe if, if it's at a Rangers or Celtic that we're talking about and they're 18 years of age, I don't think that would matter to the manager. Hope that's a good answer for you, Jimmy, there. And Mark, I was reading the excellent column of Sir Kenny Dalglish, back page in the Sunday Post yesterday, <laughs> and he says, when I see any youngster being given an opportunity, especially at Liverpool, it fills me with an enormous amount of pleasure. It's just a pity that Ben Doak's not playing in Scotland. Would he get more yeah. game time at Celtic than he would yeah, I mean, at Liverpool? He, he got a handful of games under uh, yeah. Manch Postacoglu when he, when he was 16, and uh, I think Liverpool got him for... 600 grand uh, um, in the summer I don't know if there's a, a sell-on fee for Celtic um, or not in that deal but um, you know just across the board Paul just that when, when you get a young talent and you think someone is, is pretty special look after them sometimes you've got to give them the special treatment even though when, when they're young when you want to keep them sometimes you've just got to pull them away from their age group and make them feel really special um, and you know You've got to be very, very mindful of that, and that's not def- that's not inf- you know inflating them, giving them a big head. That's just doing what's best for your football club, what's best for your business. Uh, when you've got a, an asset, a young asset, when you identify that, do everything you can to treat them right, to treat their family right, and and make them feel a, a part of the club. But there's no doubt that, as Barry said, when you watch Ben Dalt now playing for Liverpool, he doesn't look out of place. Always looking to get on the ball, always looking to make things uh, happen. It certainly won't happen uh, in March, but you know I wouldn't be surprised to see Ben Doak emerging as a as a full player in the Scotland setup. Um, you know, after August, you know, September, October, November we, times when the fixtures. Would you not around. bring him into the squad, even if I, he's not going to play? Right, come in, get a wee bit of experience and and, and be with the squad because there's there's no doubt. Me just watching a young kid, he's got everything in the locker <laughs> to be an unbelievable player. Um, I'm not saying start him Aye. come on in I'm sure um, the, the Liverpool manager would be fine yeah. with that if sure. Stevie Clark talks to him can we bring him in can he train ways I'm not saying he's going to play but get him into the environment and get used to it and get him used to the the surroundings and the, the international players how old were you when you were called up for Scotland for the Eight, first 18 time 18 and a half I think it was 18 and a half, and a half. Yeah. yeah I love the fact that you remember the half the coach yeah who Craig was Brown, it? Who called Brown? Brownie. Yeah, of course. Was it? Yeah. Of course, Craig, right. it would be. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Which 19. was brilliant no, then. I thought, I was, no, 19. 19. Yeah. But it was great for me. I was uh-huh. going in. There was guys like Lambo, John Collins in my position. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was, um, it was uh, certainly, I wouldn't say a step up, but it was a different environment going in because yeah. you don't know these guys. You're going in, you're, obviously you're the young kid on the block coming in. Um, they were, they, listen, they treated me brilliantly but when training started it wasn't like oh just watch him he's a young boy <laughs> you were getting kicked left right and centre you know what I mean because you didn't take their place and that yeah. was my attitude uh-huh. but I respected the, the quality that was already in the 
in the squad. I, I just think it would be a great idea for young Doak to maybe be involved in the in the squad. Um, I'm sure Klopp wouldn't have a, a problem with that. Watching the Celtic game, I seen a young man come on for, for Celtic. He looked a proper mm-hmm. athlete, mm-hmm. only for a short period of time yep. he was on. But it's brilliant when you see a young player come through the, the system. I love to see young players break through. And then what they need to do then is make sure they stay there and go and play week in, week out. So did you learn some things from John Collins and Paul Lambert in your time when you came into yeah, the Scotland I squad? I always looked up yeah. to, to players, whether it was the players at, at Rangers that, when I was younger, that Stuart McCall's, Ian Ferguson, Ian Durant, yeah. Gascoigne. But then you go into the international scene, it's guys that you don't see, mm-hmm. you only play against, to see how they, they went about their business. I mean, they, they two were quality midfielders. Yeah. So, yeah, it was... Um, it's an education. I was always learning. I was always watching them and, and training. Um, but when you come up against them, you're there to do one thing. It's trying yeah, to take their place. Yeah. And what about the young Rangers players, for example? What's the pathway for the Adam Devines, Leon King, who played, especially Leon King, so much earlier in the season? Stand out. Yeah. Show the manager that you're desperate when you train. Train like your last ever training session. Um show that you want to play week in, week out. Because um, it's just, just a number for me. I'm sure the managers, as I mentioned, that if they're good enough, they would play them. I honestly do believe it, week in, week out. Even though with the pressure on managers these days, especially at the big two, where yeah. you have to win every game. Yep, there's pressure. Yeah. Like, sure, there's pressure at Rangers and Celtic. There's pressure every single game you play. Um, but, listen, if, you, if a young player has got all the attributes and they're physically and mentally ready to go I'm sure the managers would play them it's funny, I'm, I'm just thinking about Barry saying you know give bring Ben Doak into the fold and I'm thinking the, the last one that maybe that happened was Billy Gilmer mm-hmm. yeah. they brought him in quite quite early when he wasn't established mm-hmm. either Rangers or Chelsea but they brought him in he ended up being man in a match at Wembley uh, in Euro 2020 I was at the game you I, I never mentioned it but... yeah that's right <laughs> you, you left Barry and I behind and I think that um... <laughs> best weekend you had <laughs> but I think looking at that He's made a fantastic impression at the SFA and the international setup, and I also think that that Brian McLaughlin, who Barry knows well, who's the youth team coach at the SFA, has got has been a big influence in Ben Doak's mm-hmm. uh, career. So they speak very, very highly of him, as they did four or five years ago with Billy Gilmer. So do you know what? I, I didn't think it would be this season. I'm thinking next season, but you just never know. Bring him in, make him feel a part, give him a wee flavour, it, mm-hmm. give him a few training sessions. It might depend on what the under-21 fixtures are. If they get really competitive, yeah. I don't know what the fixture list is. They might insist, no, we, we need them for that one to play. But do you know what? It's not the worst shout just to bring them in for a couple of sessions. Yep. This is the way that we operate. And um, But I've got a funny feeling if we come in for a couple of sessions, my like, listen, this boy could play. Because <laughs> yeah. what, what I've seen in the 20 minutes or 30 minutes he's been given at Liverpool, he looks an unbelievable talent. Uh, and he's coming off the bench and there's guys that can play in the, the area that he plays in that are worth 40, 50 million pounds. So that tells you how much Klopp thinks of him. And I think, I, I might be wrong, but like Billy Gilmer, I think he's an Ayrshire boy. Right. Yeah, I think yep. he is. I think he's an Ayrshire boy. Something going on in Ayrshire, isn't there? Some great people coming out. And Alex Lowry, I know I touched him earlier on. Well, what do you I, think? Mark was at the game on in, Saturday now. Obviously, I was watching it on the TV. I thought he showed some lovely, lovely touches. Listen, he's an elegant footballer. Um, and he's certainly got the quality there's no doubt about it 
Um, so, so if he gets tore in, just what you said earlier. No, saying tore. Listen, focus, focus. Train hard every day. Ask your manager, the coaching staff. Is there something I need to improve on? Mm. Go and work on it. Go in the gym. Show that you want to be the best you can be. And managers pick up on that. Um, be busy. That's what I used to be mm. like. If the manager was walking past the gym, yeah. I'd just start like. <laughs> 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 Throw a cup of water on you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, some of his touches on <laughs> Saturday when he came on, Matt will agree with me. Yeah. And then he, he had a, a beautiful outside of the foot. We ball through. That's things that some players can't see. Mm-hmm. So that tells you the qualities that Lowry's got. But listen, it's down to one guy. And it's Alex, Lowry. Alex yeah. Lowry himself. Mark, what did you see in him? Yeah, funny. Barry used a lovely word there. Elegant. And that's what he, he looks like. To me, he looks like a player. You know, he looks lovely and calm. Um, but then it's all it's about taking that and showing that you're ready to go. Not even, like we're saying, be a part of it and come off the bench for, for 10 minutes. No, go and actually impose yourself. Maximise your ability, maximise your potential, get in the team and don't give out of it. But it, but it is all about, first and foremost, it's, it's hard work. It's mm. showing the manager that you've got the right attitude. You come into that team and either take the place of John Lundstrom or Ryan Jack or Todd Cantwell or whatever it may be. Actually, just come in and show, do you know what? I deserve to be here. I can play here, I can play there, I can be flexible. Put me on the right hand side, put me on the left. Do what you want, I just want to play. And I won't let you down and I'll come and I'll make an impression. I'll help you win games of football. Yeah, see at 18, 19, I used to look across and guys who had played 400, 500 games after training had finished, mm-hmm. go and do a bit extra. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if they're doing it, mm-hmm. that's what I need to be doing. And it paid off. Yeah, you've, you've got yeah. it. Whether that's sprints, whether that's pinging the ball, whether they're getting, grabbing a teammate, come on, we're away to, to work on passing. Um, whatever go and because listen you take it for granted at times what, what an opportunity you've got you know what I mean it's all there and certainly a guy like Lowry for me watching him he's certainly got the ability um, so don't don't um, don't waste it you know what I mean because uh, as I said I thought on Saturday again he showed some 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 lovely lovely touches and you don't want to see talent like that fade away because you've seen it, yeah, and right. I've seen yeah. it a number of times over the over the years. Real top talent just fade away, and you don't like to see that. Great words, elegant and calm. That's not the case, I would imagine, at the moment in East Ayrshire, in the Aberdeen oh. dressing room. Can you imagine it? Darvel against Aberdeen from the West of Scotland League, top of the league. Darvel up against Aberdeen, winners of the Cup Winners Cup some years ago, Super Cup, and probably the third most decorated team in the league. Yeah. Well, see, see the Aberdeen players they need to take yeah. a, a leaf out of the way that their, their manager used to play Jim was yeah. one of the right in your face type guy that's what Aberdeen need to be the night and if they're no listen it could be a long long night for them Team news on that next The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road Darnley Let's go Thanks to Chris for the traffic and travel Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson and Mark Guidi the Monday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Listen, thanks for making the switch. So many people. Barry, you were out shopping the other day and um, everyone was saying to you. How yeah, much they enjoy listen, the programme. I get it quite yeah. often, Paul. Um, what were you trying to buy and you couldn't purchase? You don't need to tell me, I'm only kidding. But, you know, they're in, they're talking about the programme and they love tuning <coughs> in to you and yeah, Mark. I, yeah, I, as I said, I get it quite often um, when I'm out and about. People tuning into the show, they, they enjoy it. 
all the different pundits um, very open and honest and all the guys know the know the game inside out I'm trying to think what was I what was yeah, I looking for I know you were in the I don't know can't remember what it was, what was but it was it? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen, here's the it's Aberdeen team. We kicked off an hour and a half ago with the manager of Darvo, Mick Kennedy. That was great that he yeah. came on just a lesson to us before the game. Here's the Aberdeen team for the game in the Scottish Cup. Lewis, of course, in goals because Roos is out injured. McCrory, Scales, Stewart, the captain, he's back. Duke, Mislovich, Ramadani, Clarkson, Coulson. Duncan and Kennedy on the bench Samson Shinny Shinny's on the bench Barron Mayofsky Bejuan Watkins Hayes Richardson and Roberts Brilliant Paul that's the strongest 11 yeah that Jim so ultimate respect to, to Darvel and just a nice wee story unless I'm mistaken mm-hmm. I think that'll be Craig Sampson, the goalkeeping coach yeah, who's had it? to step up, who's from Darvel. That's oh, his hometown. Uh, of course, um, former Kilmarnock keeper. And, and his yeah. decent nephew, I think, are supporting uh, Darvel um, <laughs> tonight <laughs> at the game. So Craig Sampson's a lovely big guy with a great servant in Scottish football. He's Aberdeen goalie coach, but probably the injury crate, he's, he's on the bench tonight. But the strongest possible 11 that Jim Goodwin could have started with. Barry, strong team. I don't know if the Darvel team just... Yeah, we listen, he knows, the he knows this yeah. is a must sure. win. Yeah. Jim, so he's, he's picked a a real strong team uh, I'm not surprised at that after obviously the disappointment uh, uh, during the week against um, Hearts mm-hmm. he knows how important this game is to make sure Aberdeen uh, go into the next round and I just remembered yeah. it was Balsamic Glaze I was looking for Aye, that was, yeah, <laughs> it was something I knew it was something <laughs> above my price range you know, I knew it was something oh, posh yeah. it's only two, <laughs> two pounds Balsamic <laughs> well, well, over yeah. the salad oh, 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 oh can so you are loose. <laughs> uh, and on the bench, the strength with Shinny, for example, Mayofsky, one of the top scorers, uh, and Johnny Hayes, of course, the pace yeah. that he's got down the wing. Yep. I think it's going to be some game tonight. You're going to be watching, Mark? I yeah. am, yeah. Yep. I'm definitely going to be. As I yep. say, I fancy Aberdeen, but it won't be yep. easy, Paul. Great story there about Craig Sampson, because he is the, the goalkeeping coach there. Yeah, and I remember he was a Kilmarnock guy. on the yeah, boot. Really nice guy, yeah. Craig Sampson. A lot, of, a lot of clubs, Motherwell, yep. St Mirren, Kilmarnock, with Scotland, a 21 goalkeeper, and a very, very highly rated goalkeeping mm-hmm. coach. That's Boydie's pal. Yeah. Oh, they pals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I met him many years ago in my days down at the West there. And Barry, what, can you see an upset here? What do you think? We've talked so well, much. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Aberdeen team, and um, apart from probably Miofsky and Shinny, that's that's uh, that's a strong, strong starting eleven. The thing that I'm saying Aberdeen for the simple fact is that the surface. The surface is really good down there, but I think Darvo will, will make a fist of it. Um, and it'll no be an easy night for Aberdeen, but I think Aberdeen will just nick it 2 1. 2 1. Mark? I, I'm, I'm going to go 2 0 Aberdeen, but you know, I've a lot of time for Jim Goodwin. Yeah. And, as you say, I, he can't afford to lose tonight. That's mm. that's a fact, and I think he'll win, but what a game it would be if Davo scores first I mean if Davo get the first goal my goodness what a what a game we're in for who would be a football manager I'm looking at you first Barry in that it must be such a lonely place it is um, no doubt about it listen when you're winning everybody Everyone, wants to uh, talk to you yeah. life's great when you when you lose a game um, nobody wants to get near you um, so it's a, it's a lonely place uh, no doubt about it and I feel for a lot of these managers especially now they don't get any time yeah. 
And you a few bad results, of course. Yeah. Yeah. A runny bad results under pressure. The fans start, then obviously that starts. Um, the board having mm. maybe some some issues with obviously the flack they're getting for the fans. Um, so yeah, it's a as Mark says at the top of the game, it's a well paid job. I get that, but some of the pressure that they're under, they produce week in week out, and. I know it falls on the manager's shoulders yeah. and I totally get that because I know he picks the team and he coaches them. He decides what happens in training but sometimes when the, play, the players cross that white line they've got to take a bit of mm-hmm. responsibility as well, players. And I think they get away with it at times. They do, don't they? they? Do. Yeah, they do. I think I was yeah. speaking to a, a manager in the English Premier League just a couple of mm-hmm. days ago and he said now that you know, he's in conversation with a lot of his peers every week and he's saying that if, if you do survive in the job at, at that level, that such as the pressure, uh, the intensity, that you're looking at three years, four maximum, you're needing a break. Mm-hmm. You're needing to go away for six months and just try right? and switch off. It's totally changed from what it was 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. When you, know, you were in it, you were all in and you'd be a club. You could be a club six, seven, eight. You see, always, you'll always get one or two exceptions at the moment. Klopp and Gladio. We look at Klopp. Yeah. Um, at the moment we're seeing now such of the, the demands everything and I think you've even seen it with players now that when they're getting to the end of their careers and maybe one that springs to mind right away is like Mark Noble at West yeah. Ham uh-huh. who I think is like an ambassador or a commander or the director uh-huh. of whatever he's, he's, he's now he's part of the, yeah. he took six months off after mm-hmm. just to spend time with, with his family because the demands now the, the fixtures seven days a week recovery yeah. days you're in it's not like you know you win a game you go and get three days off those days yeah are gone so the, the demands on the job have, have, have totally changed and um, for their own mental well-being they need to go for a period and, and, and switch off and then hope that they're lucky enough to go and get back in and there must be those uh, unspoken things that when the director's no longer looking at you or maybe your chairman was calling you and then he's not calling it must be pretty lonely We'll find out what's going to happen tonight at uh, Aberdeen because there's parallels there with what was going on at the weekend with Everton and West Ham. And obviously West and, Ham have uh, won. That's a good example. Graham Potter gets a job at Chelsea. Yeah. Best Aye. thing since sliced bread. Goes nine, ten games yep. unbeaten. They're going through a sticky patch and, and, and you could see the pressure he's under. Mm-hmm. You can see it's affecting. Physically. Yep, you can see it's affecting people. Um, but listen, it's... It's the way the, the world does at this moment in time and a, a big part of social media as well. Because um, you can't get away for anything, um, but listen, it's a it's a lonely place, it's a lonely job at, at, at times. Um, be, being a manager, and listen, whether that's at a top club or whether that's at a, a lower league club, it's twenty four seven. No, twenty four seven. The job is. I remember when when you were at Alloa and also at Kelty, you'd be looking at videos after the game. Your phone would be going all the time, just before the program, during the break. Other managers on, coaches, players. It's non stop. So would you take the Everton job if it's offered to <laughs> Barry Ferguson? I mean, yeah. and, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. just, uh, I'm pretty calm yeah. just now. Yeah. Relaxed, which uh, surprises a lot of people, believe it or not. They yeah. think I'm a different guy now. You're in good form. Let's hear finally from the two managers, Michael Beale first about Rangers' win at the weekend. And that is the news today. They have signed Todd Cantwell. What did he feel about the win on Saturday night? Delighted with everything. because It's been three games in six days, all away from Ibrox. I want to say firstly about our fans, over 55,000 travelling around in January. It's not easy after the cost of Christmas and the New Year. So delighted to reward them to get in the next round when the draw was made. I thought everyone looked at it as being a sticky game on a, on a difficult pitch and that's exactly what it was. 
Uh, it wasn't perfect, but the most important thing was the clean sheet and winning and getting into the next round. And we've done that, as I say, three games in six days away from Ibrox. I'm absolutely delighted. And the players got a few days off, Barry, because next stop, St. Johnson back in the Singe Premiership. Yeah, again... Um, as Michael Beals mentioned there are three games in six days it's not just physically but we're just speaking about managers there mentally being with each other being in the hotels being away from their family for me that that's good management um, when we played when we had a round of games where it was continuous for a few weeks if we had a window where it was Saturday to Saturday generally the manager would say listen go away spend a bit of time with your family I'll see you Tuesday and the guys come in refreshed ready to go and back at Celtic, so Juranovic has left the Celtic family, as they talked about, wasn't it? Uh, he's gone, and what a fantastic job he's done. That's what the manager was saying. And he spoke about Gikamakis, who probably will go in the next few days, probably Japan, but nothing confirmed yet. Yeah, uh, I mean, he had that little niggly train yesterday. Um, but it's fair to say there's a fair bit of going on with him in the background as well. And, you know, my view is that it's not just about the physical, but it's about the mental too. And I had a good chat to him. And, you know, I just, I think, you know, until he sort of, um, there's some clarity about sort of what's happening with him, I think, um, as well as the physical stuff, I just thought it was better off to, to leave him out today. And Mark, probably a new striker coming in the next few days. And I guess a couple of days off for Celtic as well, ahead of the game at Dundee United at the weekend. Yeah, you know, the manager have been pleased. You know, it turned out to be a routine victory for Celtic but credit you know to, to Dougie Emery and Morton with the first 10 or 15 yeah. minutes that they were well in the game had had Celtic uh, pinned back which was always good so credit um, to, to them but for Celtic yeah, they just keep heading in the right direction Paul they keep winning you know, really good squad and again just listening to the manager's quotes there in the way speaking about Juranovic and then about uh, Jackie Marcus the one thing is there's a calm to it all there's no panic they're, lo- they're potentially losing two very good first team players but you know what it's nice and calm. There's a proper plan in place. That must give the Celtic supporters a lot He's of comfort. He's in control. Yep. Yeah. He's in control of the situation. You can hear that in the interviews. That's it. Time's up. Enjoy Darvel against Aberdeen tonight. Barry, we'll see Hopefully you Wednesday. Hopefully Mick Kennedy's beat me swan the way by. <laughs> oh, hey, Jenk, I'll still speak to you when he's ever manager. <laughs> the news is next and then Jokel Day. The Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Brand new Toyota showroom in Kennishead Road, Darnley. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. 